right here? Yes. That is my shirt on the ground. I'm in the bed without okay, a shirt. Shh, quiet. <laughs> this is my podcast now or our sub-podcast. Okay. Babes, what? there was something you did not want to talk about in the last one, but um, you said I could bring it up here. Can we go on with the lesson first before we talk about it? But you know what I want to talk about, right? Yes. And my answer is no. You're, what do you mean your answer is no? You're going to ask me the question about what about the people that died in the death camps? Uh, my answer is no. So we we have to explore this real quick. Uh oh. How is it that somebody could never find out about Jesus and yet they're judged for not accepting Jesus Christ into the throne? Well, I um I think this is something you need to do a little bit of research on because I don't know that I can really answer this clearly because I don't know how I can explain it. But you still think that those people are going to hell. It's not my, it's not my, um, my authority to tell them that they are, but no, if knowing what I know about what the Bible says about that, um, it's possible that they will, but I, I can't, I, I can't answer this clearly. I think you you should. But let me, I just want to make sure I understand this, babes, real yes. quick. Yes. So God loves everybody. Yeah. But he'll make it to where some people are in a position to where they never learn about Jesus Christ. And so they're born into this world. They never learn about Jesus Christ. And so God sends them to hell. Yeah. God doesn't send anybody to hell. They send themselves there. But now, you, yeah, but he, he put... Yes, he put people in the situation, but if um, the the most important thing to think about is even if you're put in a bad situation, what do you do with that situation? Are you st do you stay there for a long time, never hearing the gospel? And this is when they're already adults, okay? They, they can't make a decision when they're a child. But Okay, but we're talking about the people who were born in con in, in like either a concentration camp or Korean or North Korean death I, camp. I understand, but I can't, like I said, I can't, I can't explain it to you clearly. Could you do some because research on this? Because even if I try, I think you should. Why? You're the one who wants me to believe in Jesus. Well, I think you, you want to know about it. I think you should do your research too. How can you, let me ask you this. And, and, and we're, we're, we're kind of getting off the subject here. because We're going to get back on it, babes, but we need to wrap this up first. Okay. How can you believe in a loving God when you know that he makes people who are just meant to eventually go to hell? He doesn't make them go to hell. I'm trying to explain it to you. People, by their choices, send themselves to hell. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell, and that's why um, we have a choice to we have a choice to choose eternal life, eternal life with heaven in heaven with Jesus, not um, eternal death in hell. And that's that's the what I'm trying to um, I'm trying to hone in on that because I don't think you quite understand it. It's hard <clears throat> it it's hard to explain it to someone who or to anyone that has a kind of a secular, not a secular, but um, um, a misguided view about this. Okay. Real quick then, how is it their choice if they're born into a death camp and they never hear about Jesus Christ? How can they choose to go to heaven in that situation? Well, I think when they're old enough, I think they can make the choice to get out of that death camp somehow, even if 
they have to jump over an electric fence and that's a horrible way to get out of there. But if they have to jump over an electric fence or if they have to find some means of breaking out and, um, and leaving that, that world behind, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, a a person who's a Mormon that grew up in, in um, the um, FLDS church. Let me give you a quick scenario. I am born in a North Korean death camp, mm -hmm. right? And I'm raised there. I know nothing about this Jesus person. Mm -hmm. And keep hearing things, not about Jesus, but about life on the outside. I decide to escape, but I die in my attempt to escape the camp. What happens to me? Do I go to hell? I don't know. Wow. It's possible you will, but I'm just being truthful. I mean, once a person is an adult and they understand it because a child, you know, a child, it's hard for a child to escape from that kind of a camp. Yeah. Right. It's hard for adults though too. Yeah. But if once they're, and once they're an adult and they make, they, they make that decision and it's in their head that they want to leave and they, um, they end up escaping because the death camp is like uh it sounds to me like it's like a compound, right? So they're kind of isolated yeah, from the That's my summation. They're isolated from the outside world. It's mm -hmm. like a commune, I guess. If you could call it that. I don't commune know. with a lot less sex. <laughs> okay. Um right, whatever. Um I guess I guess that you know, um um with that. But anyway, um I guess all I can say is that the adult has the adult has a choice to make it out of there hopefully alive and once they're out of there then um exploring what is around them and and uh learning about even learning about religion when they have not um heard about it uh, uh, by the way before I, I go on with this lesson because um uh we need to go on did the guy um when 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 he talked about religion did the guy um uh study it or he went to some different churches but i didn't get the sense that he was really committed to any one path yeah. at least at that point no real quick back to this though because we, we had, in the last one we talked about the book escape from camp 14 which is a really good book okay. that i read this week okay you talk about understanding, and I would make the argument that, yeah, a child doesn't understand right from wrong, but an adult who hasn't been raised in a proper environment also doesn't understand those things. Yeah, so, I, I get I get that, yes. So isn't it also unfair to hold them accountable if they die before they can truly understand it? Um. Well, some don't... Uh, I, it's, it's really tough to make an assumption about an adult that doesn't have like a mental delay. Okay. Because a person with a mental delay really can't understand right from wrong or really can't understand how things work. Um, but it is the, a del the developmental de delay though. We can agree on that. The developmental delay, yes. That's something that they cannot understand. Mm -hmm. But a person that isn't de developmentally... Uh, challenged um a person that can you know i i and it's 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 probably even tougher for someone who couldn't think for themselves too so i would imagine that in the death camps 
they were not they were never uh free to question things um at all yeah the, yeah. the sense that i get or if you if you did try to question things you could be punished literally by death even if you're a little kid right and so Again, we come back to that question. Is it fair to say that those people are going to hell? So I, I can't, I'm not the authority on that. Okay. I can't, I mean, all I know is that is is that if a person has a choice to receive Jesus into their heart, um, they should be able, they should be able to do that before they die. Um, and they could do that even right, right as they're on their deathbed, but a person in that situation, it's hard for me to, it's possible that they wouldn't, but at the same time, I don't know what the situation is either. I can't, I can't be the authority on that. And I can't say that they're, that they're going to um, experience, they're going to experience eternity in hell if I don't know what's really going on here. This seems like it would suck. You're born into this horrible life. You never learn about Jesus and your reward is you get to burn in hell forever. It's not a reward. Well, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Yes. Okay, babes. So <laughs> before we get into this and we're, we're about to, you get to heaven mm -hmm. and you ask God this because it's a burning question. And he says, well, of course, we're going to let people who never knew about Jesus into heaven because they never had the opportunity to learn this information on earth. I, I are, mean, what? Are you going to be upset with that? I may not even have to ask him. I may actually um, understand it. I don't know. Are you going to be upset if you find out that it, it, that's the case? No, because there's no... Uh, well, first off, I don't know that he would answer that way. Okay. Secondly, uh, secondly, there, um, uh, there is no... Um, in heaven, there is um, no... There is um, no upsets. So I, I can't imagine that I would be upset over something like that because I would either know I would either understand it or I would ask him and I don't think he would answer that way. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Let's, I, I, I can only um, speculate, but I can't really answer that question. Last question before we get to the lesson. You say there's no upsets in heaven. Does that mean that God will get mad at you if you get upset or there's just no reason to be upset? No, there wouldn't be any reason. Nice. Nice. nice, nice. But there's a lot of upsets in hell. I know, babes. I just hope you don't end up there. Oh, let's go on with the lesson, shall we? I'm, and this is lesson is about this lesson. Um, so it took me a, a little bit of a while to to find these passages because it doesn't say the word regrets or regret in it, but it has something to do with it. Nice. So hopefully, this will um, uh, clarify some things a little bit, or at least um, uh, give us something to um, have more dialogues about. So I'm going to start with um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And right. I, I wanted to start with this because um, this um, passage was mentioned in the song um, Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds. Oh, this is that one. Okay. The one yeah. that Pete Seeger kind of plagiarized. I guess. That's forever. Okay. Shh. <laughs> I'm gonna read it. Bob, I'm wanting your show. We're going on. My goodness, no, I know because if you if if you start singing, and we're gonna go down another path. Oh, <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna. <laughs> okay. As you go out, my ear, I'll keep going, babe. Okay, so this is chapter uh, Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses one through eight. Okay, 
To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Shh. Yeah. All right, go ahead. You're interrupting. Sorry, let's go ahead. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. So the reason why I wanted to start this with um, this passage is uh, to me what it's basically saying is that there is a um, a a time for every season. Okay. And sometimes there is a time where you're going to have to f- go through some pain and sorrow and times where there will be joy and gladness. Nice. And happiness, all that. When is the time for peace? Because we always, there's always this emphasis on the time for war. We need more war. But I, I rarely ever hear the higher-ups in this country talking about peace and and when there's going to be time for peace. I think it's talking about individually speaking. Okay. But I'm not sure if that's correct. Mm. I don't think it's necessarily... It it doesn't... I don't know if it necessarily has to even talk about war and peacetime. Nice. It's more of what goes on inside your own internal head. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe this is something that I'm not going to be able to understand in my lifetime. But it it basically is saying that there's a a time for every season. Under heaven. Under heaven, yeah. You know, like in the song. Yes. That's a good song, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's a good song. <clears throat> yes. Well, babes, I understand that you have other passages. I do have other passages. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 9. I actually have, or, or yeah, John chapter 1, verse 9. Nice. This is... Um, John A. I'm sorry. This is verse John. Verse John. Not John. That's a different Wait, So some of these verses are named then? What? You said it's called verse John. First John. Oh, first John. Okay. Yes. Nice. Okay. So this is uh first the book is is first John and the chapter is um uh chapter one. Nice. Let's so, do it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let me find my place here because I okay. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And um, so when I think about this in terms of regret. Go ahead. Um, you know, because some people, when they when they talk about regret, they think, oh, I, I wish I haven't done this. Yeah. Or I wish I would have done this. Mm-hmm. Or I wish that this would have happened instead of this would have happened and maybe... Um, this thing could have been better or, and, um, and I guess in, you could think of it as, uh, what would have happened if you would have changed this piece of 
this this part of your time. Kind of like that book replay or the movie Groundhog Day in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But um, this has to do with sin. I'll read a few verses um, after and before. Go ahead. So let's uh, see if you can um, be able to get something out of this. All right. And um, let's see. Okay. Let's start from uh, verse four. Go ahead. Okay. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then the message which it, uh, this then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ. His son uh, cleanses, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And then here's verse nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So this is a, a, the last verse in the um, the chapter. So I guess... My point being, and uh, let me know if you have any questions about this, yeah. is uh, when I think about people having regrets, I think about mistakes people make. Mm -hmm. And by this verse alone, it's saying that if we tell God about our sins, number one, he already knows them. But I think that he is waiting for us to come to him so that he could take our sins away. Mm. It's kind of like baggage, right? Yeah. You've got like a big trunk here. You got a duffel bag there and it's full of all your regrets and your sorrows and your mistakes and your, um, all those horrible things you've said to people, you know, you name it, right? Mm -hmm. And you're holding on to the stuff and you're carrying it on your back every single day or you're carrying it on your shoulders or whatever. Yeah. Um, when I think about, uh, giving it to God, I think I'm leaving, I'm taking my bags, I'm putting it at his feet and he's waiting to take them and use them for something good. Interesting. So here, here's a question I have about this. Um, so as I understand it, and maybe I'm wrong, Christians at least the type of denomination that you subscribe to have to confess their sins every day or at least the most recent ones or how does that whole thing work? Well, have you heard about, um, have you heard any Christians talk about dying to self? I've heard about it, but refresh my memory. Dying to self, meaning that you die to your own self, like the way that you feel, mm. um, as far as, um, all, Anything that's that's dealing with yourself only, like um, when I when people talk about dying daily, and they talk about taking up your cross and following Jesus, it's basically what you're doing. You're you're um, asking Jesus to clean you up and to cleanse you from all of the messy stuff that you that's a part of you, the ugly and the messy and the 
the dirty stuff. So your, um, how should I, how should I explain this? So, um, so it's almost like we're being crucified with Christ every day. Mm. If that makes any sense. So he's, we're, we're get we're getting our spiritual bath every day. Yeah. Like how you take a shower yeah. in the morning or a bath in the morning. Um, we're getting our spiritual, our spiritual bath. So he's taking care of us spiritually, just like we take care of ourselves physically. Nice. So he's cleaning us up spiritually from the inside out. If we let him. What if we sin, but it was one of those things to where we just forgot about it, but we come to God with all of our other sins. Does God look at it and he realizes, okay, Alana, you didn't ask forgiveness for this one thing, but I'm God. So I can tell that you actually forgot that you did it. And then, so can, will God forgive you for a sin that you just forgot about? Well, he already knows about it, but, um, but I think it's important to keep, uh, to also, to ask God to forgive you of that sin, even if you forgot about it, because eventually it's going to come up. So how do you ask for forgiveness for a forgotten sin? I guess would be a better way to phrase it. Um, well, is it really forgotten? That's my question. Yeah, like maybe it's something you did when you were a little kid and, you know, because you did so many things and you didn't look at it like a sin at that time. You just well, it got lost. in. Well, memory. I mean, that's why we always ask him to forgive us our sins where we have failed him. And that also includes that one. It also includes things that you don't remember. I'm sure. But if you ask him to forgive you of those sins that doesn't mean that you continue on in those sins, but he, um, if you ask forgiveness and he forgets them. Yeah. But it's a sin that you forgot. It's not one that you can. Well, 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 he already, he knows about it, but if you ask him to forgive you of your sins, where, you know, you, even in the ones that you don't think are sins, mm -hmm. he, he still will take them. Here's a question for you. Can we move on? We're going to do real quick. Okay. Let's say you're not supposed to covet your neighbor's wife. Or covet any any of your neighbor's things. Yeah. Okay. But I break up with my little J-Lo and my neighbor has this like really attractive wife. But I've accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. And I have all intentions of asking for forgiveness afterwards. But I, I engage in sexual activity with my neighbor's wife. And I have a heart attack and die in the middle of it. Now, I can't ask forgiveness for that sin because I'm in the middle of sinning. So do I go to hell for that, even if I believed in Jesus? None of your sins are going to take you to hell except for unbelief. Okay. You will be judged for that one. Oh, you, you will be judged for your wrongdoings, but it's not going to be based on uh, unbelief. Okay. So if, you're, if you are a non-believer and you end up in hell, um, you, are gonna, you are going to be judged... Um, uh, you're still going to be judged, but um, for so that's going to come in. So that's going to come up when um, during the judgment seat of Christ, when those who are being judged, the ones that are in heaven are being judged um, to see if they're going to get a reward or not. Oh, oh. so um, even though you you would be saved, um, you're still going to be judged for all the things that you've done good after. Yeah. And all the things you've done bad after. Okay. But it doesn't mean that's going to send you to hell or anything. Okay, cool. So I still get to go. 
Uh, yeah, uh, but but that doesn't mean you can uh, cover your neighbor's wife either. If we ever broke up. No. Or if you die before I do. Uh, no. Let's say you die before I do. How am I going to get with Gertrude? She's married <laughs> to somebody else. That's another uh, topic in itself. Folks. And by the way, I have your blanket on this side of the bed, too. So. <laughs> uh, I don't think we should talk about any beds here. Thank oh, you. Okay. You want to give me a kiss? No. The, this will happen later. Oh, okay. Later. It will happen later. Well, because it's kind of distracting, Bugs. Okay. I'm trying okay. to give a lesson here, and this is just... Okay. okay. Let's your see. matter of fact, you're straight to the point, even without a joint. Bubs, would you stop? Oh. No, no drug references, please. Okay, and I will ask the same for you too, babes. Uh, I'm not doing that. Okay, Bubs. I, I, I don't want you to start. Bub. Sorry, go ahead. You ruined my lesson. No. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. I'm making it more exciting. I don't think exciting is the word I want to use <laughs> with a Bible lesson. It's, I don't know if the word is exciting. I think it's... Uh, well, I do uh, think that if somebody is going to teach something, you should make it somewhat interesting. You don't want people falling asleep. No, no, no. But you also don't want to mention stuff that shouldn't be talked about in Bible studies. Oh. I would make the... Okay, sh Let's move on, please. Right. You're definitely making it interesting. I just don't know <laughs> what the word is I could call it. Okay, this is... Um, Philippians 3 verses, chapter 3 verses 13 through 15. Let's flip. <laughs> Please, Bob, stop it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is uh, Paul talking to the Philippians. Yep. Okay. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded as if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Break it down, babes. Well, let uh, let me ask you what you think. Let, let me ask you what, um, what you take from this uh, passage. I think what I take from it is... Don't be so high up that you think that you're just going to get forgiven. But that could be wrong. I'm not sure it's what it's saying. Tell me your interpretation. So, okay, so I'm going to go back to this verse here. It says, yeah. brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So, Oh, so he's trying to say... Don't look back on the past too much. Right, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Don't dwell too much on the fa uh, past, but press on forward. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, he's trying to say that because it's easy for us to get caught up in the past. And it kind of, if if you let it, it prevents you from leading the rest of your life. Or no? Um, I think true. Like looking, looking towards the mark. Now... Mm. Um, when it does mention the word perfect in chapter or in uh, verse 15, where it says, let us therefore as many as be perfect, but perfect doesn't mean always mean blameless. Go ahead. I think in this, um, context, it may mean, uh, mature being perfect also means mature. Mm, I didn't, I did not know that. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Let's move on. 
I got a couple more verses left here. Nice, nice. Um, hey, 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 hey. Uh, let's hey, move on, babes. Hey. What? I was just stretching my it. hand. I was stretching my hand, babes. Oh, really? Yeah. You call that stretching? Yeah. My <laughs> doctor said if I don't do that, I could die from arthritis <laughs> as early as tonight. Okay, let, let... You don't want me to die of arthritis-related illness, do you? Tonight? Well, first off, I don't know of anyone who has died of arthritis. And uh, I might a... be the first, then. Oh, my goodness. And second off, what? What? You said first off, so that I'm glad there's more. No, I no, I I that I mean that that was all I was trying to say, but I don't oh. think I know anyone that has died of an arthritic death. Yep. That would be me tonight if I don't do these stretches now. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, this is uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 25, and this is in the Old Testament. Okay. Let me just make sure I got the right one. Uh, yeah. um, let me see. So, yes, chapter 2. Okay, so this is... The prophet Joel, I believe he is speaking to the children of Israel. Nice. He's giving his prophecy. So this is <clears throat> this is uh, chapter 2, verse 25. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten up, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. So what i think about this is it, it mentions the word restore yeah when i think about regrets uh, and people coming to terms of regrets they think that they can't be fully restored mm. yeah but you think if they if they confess their sins or their regrets to god god will fully restore them absolutely okay absolutely i think that um god is a god of restoration and redemption mm. When I think of regret, I I think of redemption as well. So um, we may think that we're irredeemable, yeah. But God can redeem us from all of it. Nice. And you know, if we if we ask Him to do that. Nice. Um. So let me look for another one. This is the last one I'm going to read because I think that this verse is very. Um, I think it's a very. Uh, it can be a very comforting verse and a very encouraging verse. Yeah. And before you read it, let me say, since it is encouraging, we are going to make out afterwards, and we want to encourage. Oh my goodness! Okay, to, if we, you have a part, okay. stop it, stop it, come on. To also do the same. Okay, 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 stop it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, this is. Um, I'm just gonna make sure. Hold on. Okay, this is a uh, Joel chapter two, verse twelve. Nice, and um. I'm going to end with this first because I want to end on a very uh, comforting and encouraging note to uh, believers and non-believers alike. Nice. Okay. Verse 12. Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments. Hold on. And rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Uh, this was actually uh, uh, ended on verse 13. So if I understand that verse right, it, they're basically saying, hey, everyone, you know, we know you've dealt with some uh, harsh times. Just come to God. He's going to be open to you, and he's not going to get angry that easily, and he'll forgive you. 
Well, I think in, in if you're looking at the context, I believe that uh, Joel is talking to the children of Israel to turn back to God. Mm. But I think it also can um I think it it also can be used for individuals to turn to turn to God and um with weeping and fasting and yeah. mourning. Because I think that when we go through trials like this, I don't think God just weeps for us. I think he weeps with us. Interesting. I think he walks through every kind of sin that we have been struggling with or every kind of sadness or sorrow or pain that we've been going through because when he gave up his life and died on the cross for us, he became sin for us. So he knows what kind of sin we are going through. And um, and that's why I think that he is not a distant God. I think he's ever present, even for those who don't quite understand. We've discussed that I don't believe in Jesus Christ, but I do believe in the higher power. And sometimes where I get caught up is... The, the conflict of my mind is I'm all, I, I never say I know something 100% because I think that's the height of arrogance. But I absolutely believe in a higher power, yes. but I get caught up in does that higher power care at all about us? Oh, I think I, I do think so. I mean, if you study, if you study all the other world religions, right? Yeah. I don't ever hear about people saying that Buddha really cares about them. I don't I also don't even hear people saying that Muhammad or Allah, which is uh um apparently um in Islam they don't know who Allah really is. I don't think that I ever hear anybody saying that Allah really cares for him. We they just pray to Allah. Um I don't hear anything in the Hindu religion talking about um, all these pathways um, to enlightenment, or maybe it's a different one. I don't know, but um, I don't ever hear them saying that I have a real, I, that they actually have a relationship with the, with the living God. And just so we're clear, um, Buddha isn't considered to be God. Just so Ex you know. Exactly. So that, I mean, that's, you know, and then, and that's, he never, he, you know, Buddha never claimed to be God from what I understand. Yeah. And, uh, the, um, Muslims don't even know who Allah is. Um, and a lot of, a lot of their teachings is based on, um, based on fear. Oh. But the, the reason why Christianity is so different from every religion, because even in, uh, the Jewish religion, a lot of them, um, work for, you know, um, they believe that they're, um, their good works, um, in the Old Testament is going to help them atone for their sins. Uh, you know, like the, um, the rituals that they did in the temple when they were, um, when they were living under the law. But the difference is that, um, God deals with sin very, very differently than somebody who is distant. So not only does he know our sins, but he's ready to forgive them at any time if we ask. And he knows our sorrows, our joys, our struggles, um, what we're thinking about. He knows all of that. He's just waiting for us to come and and ask him uh, to, to take that away and to for, forgive us for that because 
I'm pretty sure it hurts them just as much as it hurts us. And I would make the argument if God really wants us to come to him. And again, we're, we're putting a male attribute on the God, which I don't, I have issues with, but we'll go with it for now since it's your belief. Why doesn't God just make it known that Christianity is the correct path? There's a lot of, there is a lot of ways that he makes it known. Mm. It's not just the creation, but it's other things that are happening when you think about what's happening with Israel. Cause there are, um, there are some Americans that are against Israel. There are um, other countries that are trying to attack Israel. And when you read the old and the new Testament, a lot of things are being, are taking place, um, especially in Jerusalem. But I guess, and, and I mean, that's just part of it. I guess what I'm trying to say is if I'm God and I'm a Christian God, why wouldn't I just appear in the sky once every 10 years and say, Hey, just so everybody knows, uh, Christianity is well, the correct path. Well, because God doesn't do that. You have to, and you can't understand the mind of God unless you understand the character of God. Uh -oh. You can't, you can't, you can't just put God in a box and ex and expect him to conform to the way that we think. Don't you think, though, that some Christians do that when they say, well, God believes this about that? Or God says you're going to hell if you don't believe, but the circumstances behind you not believing are completely irrelevant. Well, th those are the tougher questions that I don't know if I can, I can, under I can answer. I mean, That's fair. You know, those are, I'm not... Not that I have to be a theology professor or anything, but it's hard to explain yeah. it to somebody. Nice. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it to somebody. Mm -hmm. um, I can't just say this. You know, I know it's true that I think it requires a lot of research. Um, that's why I started reading a lot of apologetics. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I haven't read a lot of books, but I mean, I know that we've read a book together. Yeah. But. Um, People that have studied apologetics, a Christian Christian apologetics, have learned how to um to really um organize their points together and uh, try to explain their faith in a way that people understand. Nice. And what Lee and I'll mention Lee Strobel because I thought his book was amazing. But when Lee Strobel did it, he did it in the context of a former Chicago Tribune journalist. Yeah. And I thought that was so cool the way he did it. Now, now not to um, not to rag on Jay Warner Wallace because he did a really good job. In fact, um, they both know each other, but it was hard to relate because he was a former um, homicidal detective. Mm -hmm. and homicide detective. A homicide. I'm sorry. Homicide detective. Yeah. Excuse me. I didn't think we we're gonna have a grammar lesson <laughs> or a spelling lesson, whatever. Um, Spell for scissors. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I just made that up. It <laughs> probably citrus. is a word, but I don't. Spell butamus. Spell paleocipiosaurus. <laughs> it sounds like a dinosaur. It is. But keep going. <laughs> Ow. What'd you do? Oh, I hit my elbow. Oh. I'm okay. Okay. Um. My point being is that um, I'd like to read uh, Christian apologetics more because I feel like sometimes I, f I feel ill-equipped to talk about it. Nice. Um, and it will help me to explain it to someone that maybe um, 
that they won't understand it. And I don't want to do it in a way that sounds really condescending or arrogant because that's not what, how I want to come off as being. Yeah. And if I have seemed that way towards you, I really want to apologize. Thank you. Um, thank you. For apologizing. Yeah, I really do because yeah. I, I don't want to come off being that way. I don't want to be like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be like a, um, like how the um, uh, the Pharisees were in the Bible, um, thinking thing, thinking that they knew everything. Well, I, yeah. I would tell I would tell you this, and not to be offensive. Okay. But I think pretty much anybody comes off arrogant to me when they say they know the true path. Yeah, but if they present evidence to, um, if they present evidence as to why they believe that this is a true path then why not do research instead of saying, oh, you're just the most arrogant person ever. Right, but uh, claim it as a belief. To say, hey, I believe this is a true path. Why can't I say that I believe that Christianity is the um, only way to heaven? Why Why can't I say that? Oh, but Okay, really... so you're not saying it because in the past, and maybe I've misinterpreted this, and sorry to interrupt you, I thought you presented it as a point of fact and not a belief that you have. So you're saying now that you believe it, but you could be wrong. No, I never said that. Okay. No, I believe it to be a fact. No, I never said that I was wrong about that. See, that's my point. When people say that they believe... But, but instead of coming off... Instead of feeling like people are being arrogant towards you, why not uh, Why not read books by um, apologists and, and how they came to their conclusions? That's why I, wa I wanted you to read um, The Least Trouble book with me. Yeah. Because... Uh I wanted you to get a perspective of someone who used to be um, a secular journalist. Okay, so let me break this down to you. All I'm saying is I have my own beliefs. But if you want me to tell you uh, how somebody can come off as arrogant to me, I'm telling you, saying uh, I have discovered the true path and leaving no wiggle room versus saying I believe this is a true path, but I could be wrong. Do you see the difference there? Yeah, but what I've always said is if you can't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Right, but that's and, why you, you're more than welcome to say you have a belief. and you Why don't do I have to say that I have a belief if I, if, if I, um, if I think that, that, um, that I know that I know that I know that the way that I'm living is, is a true way to live? Okay. Why, why should I um, compromise it for anybody else? Yeah, you don't have to, but I'm saying if you don't want to come off as arrogant. Yeah, but if, I mean, I, I could very well say, well, that's your problem and I'm not arrogant. But, but what I'm, what I mean is instead of thinking that they're an arrogant person by saying that, yeah. why not take it a step further and actually look into it and, like I said, talk to maybe um, read uh, books on Christian apologists. Uh, uh, Christian apologists. Maybe find someone who is a Christian apologist, uh, meaning that they uh, are using um, the Bible, um, scriptures, evidence to uh, um, to justify their faith instead of saying, "Well, this person is really arrogant, and I'm not going to believe anything that he or she says." If I was a Catholic, I could say. This is the true path, and if you don't believe me, let me give you a book, list of books to read. That doesn't mean that you would automatically just read those books and become a Catholic just because I said, "Hey, these books." No, but cool there stuff. are, but they are teaching tools. Yeah. Okay, there are teaching tools, just and like, I've read some apologists. Just, books. just like people have 
used um, tracks as teaching tools, mm -hmm. or some people would call them witnessing tools or ministering tools. Some people have used um, sermons as as witnessing tools. So let's put this in perspective. You said, I'm sorry if I came off as arrogant, and I gave you an example of arrogance, and you immediately get kind of like defensive about it. No, that's not what... I, well, I was trying to explain to you that I was... You got... You got it completely wrong when you just assumed that I was, I didn't believe what I actually believed. That's what no, I'm it's say. not that I don't believe. And um, I Hold think on. we should, I, I think uh, we should. It's not that I don't think you believe that. It's what I was trying to say is anybody who says that they know the truth to me comes off as arrogant. But maybe that's just something for you to digest. Okay. Yeah. Well, all, I, all I'm going to say is I think that that since you've been open to a lot of other stuff, yeah. I think you should at least be open to do some research on this. Do you think, babes, yeah. that a child of God, if somebody gives them a constructive criticism, not yelling, but just saying, hey, you might want to look at this, could maybe just sit with the information instead of saying, well, yeah, but you might want to look at this too? Well, yeah, but anybody can tell me to... You know, anybody could tell me to like read the Book of Mormon, for example, because I, I had that experience and say that this is true. And I read it and I'm like, I don't understand any of this. Right. But all I'm saying is when somebody says that somebody's coming off as arrogant by saying something, maybe the response isn't to say, hey, you read this book about it. Maybe the response is to say, let me think about it and actually do some soul searching. But but why does it have to? Why do I have to act the way that you want me to act? Is that what you're trying? That's to That's a fair point. That's why a, that why why? I don't. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to judge or anything. Yeah. I'm just saying that. Uh, I mean, sometimes I'm thinking, well, is the person really arrogant, or did the person take it as such? Yeah, well, I'm just telling you based on my experience, it's arrogant to say that there's only one true path to God. That's how I feel. Okay. And God also gave me my brain, too, and put me in the life positions that I'm in where I would develop these types of thoughts. Too, oh, so. God God gave you a brain, but it's the way that you use it. That's the point. But God also put me in an environment where he knew that I was going to use it a specific way. Yes, you could. But is it really being used in a specific way that he wanted you to use it? Well, I would make the argument then, babes, that if God didn't want me to use the brain the way that I do, he would have put me in a different environment because God knew how I was going to react to all well, the factors around me. Well, my question is, isn't using your brain the way that you do? Are you using the your brain the way that he wants you to use it? If Not I, the way that you want to use it. Yeah, because the, here's the thing. And this is a belief. And you could say I'm arrogant for having this belief. And you might be right, too. Mm -hmm. But it is a belief. If God wanted me to use his brain differently, why wouldn't he have made me the son of like a Baptist preacher or, you know, done a situation to where I, I get sent off to do missionary work when I'm 14? You know what I mean? Why would he have put me in the environment well, that he, I'm in and I, given me the brain that he'd given me if he didn't want me to use it the specific way? Well, I can't answer that question. It actually does sound arrogant, but <laughs> 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 okay. If I'm really being honest. Okay. But um, now that you're an adult, yes, you can make your own choices and you don't have to de uh, be defined as uh, coming from a background that 
you wish that you came from a background from. But God also knows the choices I'm going to make based on, God knows everything I'm going to do already. He knows everything you're going to do already, but you also have the choice not to partake in that. It doesn't, doesn't mean that you know, just because he knows what you're going to do already, you should just do it. I I think this is where it, this is another thing that I have a hard time explaining to. So. Yeah, free will is really interesting. But, but I don't necessarily believe in it. We do have free will, but oh. this is something that I need to do further study on because even when I did that lesson, I I I don't think I came off as being um, understandable. Yeah. So I, I I apologize for that. That's okay. But um, but anyway, um, we could even explore this topic even more. Um, unless you have any more questions. Let's do it. Let's explore free will and continue exploring regret. And I think that they're intertwined, actually. Uh, and, and you could say everything in the universe is connected in some way. Not to sound too much like a hippie, but I think there's some truth to that. And uh, if there is a God, then uh, he knew that we were going to react like this and that there was going to be future lessons, assuming we survived to have future lessons. And there's no brain damage <laughs> on each of our parts and all the factors come into play. And there, I, I believe that there is alien life, but I cannot confirm that. No. No. No, I don't believe it. No, you can't confirm it. I can't confirm it, but that is a belief that I have. Yeah. It seems a little bit weird that God would make all these different planets, but only have one where people can worship God. Yeah, but he has an order, and it's understandably hard for someone that doesn't know uh, God to not understand the order of things. Why do you think there are billions? Okay, oh you know, we don't, we don't have to go down this Are we going to talk now. about aliens and planets? I think we're done with this, the lesson already. <laughs> All right, well, I think it's time, if babes, if you would like to give me a kiss. After the lesson. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, after lesson. the episode. Why? It's kind of distracting, loves. I normally don't kiss people after Bible lessons until it's over. I heard that in Sunday school, you used to make out in the back of the class. No, I didn't. Who? With who? With... Okay. Tim uh, Sims. <laughs> I didn't know anyone named Tim Sims. Oh. Um, I think we should end this. Right. I, I'm I'm not gonna kiss you, but I will kiss you afterwards. I you're not gonna kiss me? Not 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 uh while we're still recording. Oh. Alright, well in that case we're wrapping this up. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Maybe I should. Okay. At least I'll hug you anyway. Alright. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay, enough, enough. Come on, come on. Real kiss, real kiss. Come on, there's no, no distraction. Bubs! All right, all right, real kiss is Sunday. No! All right, come on. No, babe, I'm giving you this chance. I forgive you, so no distractions, okay? What? Bubs. No distractions. Mm-hmm. All right, good. Uh, oh. And I, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, no, no kissing during Bible studies, uh, and uh, for anybody listening to this. And you never made out during Sunday school. No. Okay. Good. Bubs. What? Really? This was before you met me, babes. I wouldn't have a problem. I didn't. I I didn't like anybody in Sunday school. Okay. I I really didn't. Okay. And I wasn't. Yeah, what I wasn't else? like. Yeah. Yes. All right, babes. Bye bye. Bye bye.